Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England Zone, Van Helsing. With me, all the way from wherever she is, the queen of pain herself, the original Ghost Chronicles, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. It's so, I mean, that. how long have I been saying that same thing, Maureen? Oh, my goodness. Uh, long time. Years. <laughs> so Years. For, those, for those who don't know, Maureen and I actually were the original hosts of Ghost Chronicles when it debuted on WCCM in Lawrence. And on uh, Toginet. Oh yeah, but it was on uh, it was on uh, CCM first a long time before that. Well, Toginet. yeah, a long time we were on WCCM, and then we did Toginet. We even did two hour shows. Remember that? I try not to. <laughs> that was painful, but uh, yes, and we even remember trying to have this little teeny teeny office, and we we did the uh, did out of the office, and then even one time one of our callers was um, from out in New Orleans. Remember that one? And you had me do the old go spin myself in the mirror in in my house and try to scare the crap out of me for Bloody oh, Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Yeah, you forget that? <laughs> no, it's I one don't. of my podcasts. I, it it's, is. Well, that was one of the podcasts, yeah. Yeah, and, and we, of course, we were also the original podcast, too, on Ghost, Ghost Village, uh, which they just took down. But we are in the process of reviving them, and they will be back up on iTunes. And so there you go. Well, good. Actually, I've had someone, a couple people ask me what happened to them. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, Ghost Village changed their format after all these years. And, I mean, those shows were many, many years old. And uh, so they Either changed. revamp them. And they took them off. So, so right. uh, they hosted them. They actually hosted the, the physical show itself. So, uh, therefore, they weren't linked to iTunes. But fair not. We're in the process of uh, uploading all 110 of the stupid little buggers. And, uh, yeah, it's that many, ba- huh? They'll be back up on uh, iTunes. Nice. I mean, nice. You think about it. I mean, I've probably done over 1,000 shows easily uh, between all the different ones. I mean, I can we, imagine, yeah. yeah. I mean, you and I did uh, WCCM, and then we did uh, Ghost Village, and then we did uh, Tojinet, yeah. and... Uh, Two shows a week, yeah. So I mean, it was it was uh, it was it was, it was popping. Yeah, it still is. I mean, we it still, still is. I, I still do three shows a, a week. Um, every Monday, uh, it's eleven a.m. on WCCM Eagle Radio now, um, which is you know uh, live broadcast on live radio, and it's also uh, on the internet and also on your smartphone with your tune-in app. And then on Tuesday afternoons at 3 p.m. at Eastern Standard Time, it's uh, Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons. And then Wednesday night, it is Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with uh, Ann Kerrigan. So there you go. 
Very cool. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I sent you an email. Did you get it about uh, the new TV show they have? <laughs> yes, I did. I have to tell you, I was a little, um, little shocked mm-hmm. that this television show. It was. Uh, you sent me the, the email, and you sent it to, to the team. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting that you were invited to actually from someone from, was it like Melbourne, California or something, or out in California, mm-hmm. uh, that one of like a cable show or some television station wanted to to do, what is it, uh, Naked and Scared or Naked and Afraid. They wanted you to do a paranormal show and go around and investigate in the nude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my Lord. That's all it's... I can say. I thought I'd seen it all. That's... <laughs> And I don't want to see that. Nothing personal. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's no, we're not the only one that got it. A lot of ghost groups. Uh, but still, that's crazy. Uh, well, you know, if uh, they did mention that all the private pods would be blurred oh. out. Yeah, the cameraman would be seeing the private pods, and every and you know what? I'm sorry, but even I don't wear bikinis. You know what I'm saying? So there's. Spaces in between that we want to keep private. We don't. <laughs> we don't want to be shown. I would not want to be walking around with no clothes on. I like it, my clothes. Yeah, uh, you know. I mean, where do you keep the equipment? too? that's another problem. Exactly. <laughs> well, you mentioned that earlier, and it just brought really bad images to my mind. Very so, bad. Very bad, and we won't go there, like you and, said. And I actually talked to Steve Parsons about this uh, yesterday on the International. It says really. It says, it said, this idea was brought to our company after research on paranormal investigation teams in history doing it in the new. And we what? wanted to see if their reasonings for doing it in the new were really to get spirits to communicate earlier, easier. Um, so I, and you know, of course, Steve Parsons, a, a great historian, a great researcher, and and he has never been able to find any paranormal teams that have ever investigated in the nude. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, I'm sorry. And it, to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like the ghost is going, oh, the spirit. Oh, do they have clothes on? Oh, they don't have clothes on. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm a male ghost and that's a female person. I think I'll go and check them out. You know, I mean, c- come on. It's it's kind of crazy, but you know what? To each their own. You know, maybe they'll have a group of people that'll be crazy, and who knows? That might be the next and strangest hit that comes out. But good mm. luck to them. Well, you know, I mean, I've been going to the club, so I'm seriously thinking about her, of course. Oh, and you know what's funny? That was one thing that came to my mind. Ron would say, <laughs> "I've been exercising, and I'm getting all buff now." So. Getting all buff, you know. I'm getting all buff. I think I should go out and, you know, strut my stuff. Yep, yep. Shave shave my body and oil it up. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that's kind of crazy. But whatever. Who knows what makes the world go round, right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. How many really nude ghosts do you see? Never mind nude paranormal investigators. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, but even after death, I mean, if I... if. I, to me, I think just like when you see a spirit and you see them at a certain age, you know, maybe they want to show themselves at a certain age. And I think if you're going to show yourself and you're a person who didn't like to have your clothes be naked while you're alive, you're probably mm-hmm. going to do the same thing while you're dead. You know, I, yeah. I don't think that that's going to be like, you know, I'm sorry, let me take my clothes off and say hi. Mm. Plus, people, I'm sorry, everybody's different. Everybody feels things differently. As a medium, 
I sense, you know, I get glimpses of people now. I feel them, I hear them, see them, whatever, but not, it's not a constant visual. It's not like you have somebody like on television, right, standing in front of you. Right. You know, that's not really, you know, truly realistic. I mean, if you see them, you'll hear people say it's in my mind's eye. Right. Um, so if someone shows up and they have no clothes on, in my mind's eye, I'm putting a towel on them or a robe. <laughs> well, well, do they show up naked? No. Have you ever seen anybody show up naked? No. I, I mean, we, I mean that's, a, that's an old thing, no. you know. Why do ghosts need clothes, and, and why do why do ghosts need glasses? Why do they wear glasses? I think it's more memories. Is that I, what I it's? Well, it's memories. It's like, you know, you have your time that you felt the best, maybe, or, you know, you, you know, you know a certain individual. You know, how many times do you go through life and you maybe don't know certain people? Like, it's not like you know them through your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you meet somebody when you're in your 50s, maybe, or your 60s, and you pass in your 80s. Maybe you go back to see them, and if that's the case, you go when they remember you, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you know, maybe you don't see them for twenty years or ten years, and you just happen to want to go to check in, or maybe they're sensitive, and maybe you know, who knows, right? We don't know. It's a conjecture, but that's to me. If I'm going to go to see somebody, it's not just as a spirit what I would feel like, but also as a person will remember you. Right. I mean, isn't that all through history, though? I mean, I remember when you and I did the the investigation up at Dartmouth College. Remember that? Yep. And you. Uh, you actually made contact with a famous ghost, which that was my first real famous ghost that I ever uh, had contact, which w- w- was kind of interesting. It just, you know, I just don't think about it, you know. I forget who right. it was, Daniel Webster, right? Daniel Webster, yeah. Daniel Webster, right. And uh, he was showing himself uh, at the age of 55. Right. To you. And- and, to me, right. And I think even someone said, no, no, he was older or something when he well, passed. Well, yeah, that or- was the whole deal. Is, is the reporter who was following us at the time uh, uh, wrote a thing, well, he died at a certain age. Well, I mean, I mean, does it make sense that, you, you know, you would see him when he was, like, gasping for his last breath? Or would you see him when he was more vibrant? Right. And that's and it's very true, those thoughts to me anyway, because, I mean, I've even seen my mother... Now, I've known, my, you know, my mother growing up, and I even my sister made made comment one time that she had a dream or saw my mother, and my mother was, like, in her 30s, you know, in her late 20s, early 30s, and she was all decked up and dressed up, and she looked really good, and that was how she wanted to be seen. My mm-hmm. mother had passed away of cancer, and so near the end, you know, she just, she didn't like how she looked. She was miserable with, she was losing her hair. She was very, you know, she had a lot of, she was sick all the time. So, I mean, right. if you are passing away, I mean, wouldn't you want to remember the better times? Exactly. I mean, that's what you would show. I mean, I, I know that even my mom, when when, uh, when she was alive and my dad had died at a family cookout, and, uh, you know, she never believed in ghosts or anything, but my dad showed up uh, in, her, in her bedroom that night, and he was all dressed up. He was all, you know, all Spiffy, you know, and my father was not yep. spiffy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he was then. <laughs> uh, he was, and and she, I, I think he presented himself, you know, to her, to let her know that he was okay, you know, and he was doing fine. And uh, of course, she screamed, and that was the end of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I mean, and you know, and it's, and it's interesting too. You say that it's like it, it really, 
I think some people, and even your mother and the whole thing, like you said, she doesn't have this belief at the time. She really wasn't sure what she believed probably in spirits, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, but so many people, like my daughter, for instance, my daughter is a police officer. So she, you think of her as this tough girl, right, that she's, mm-hmm. you know, she goes and she works in the street, um, like a street crime unit as a sergeant, and she handles, like, really in a bad, bad area of Connecticut, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting is that she's had my mother appear to her a handful of times. Now, my mother always, like, it was my daughter was her, you know, focus. She just loved my daughter. And so for her to show up, and my poor daughter would call me in a panic. And she's usually, she's like, Ma, you know, Graham was here again. You know, and at one point she just said, Mom, could you please tell her to stop coming because she's scaring me. And Yeah, and so that's what I said. I said, really? I said, you know, she's she's the same as she is when was alive. And I think maybe for me it's different because I've allowed, you know, spirits. I think it's unnerving, obviously, to be something that's considered outside the norm Mm -hmm. um, for most people. But when you have seen it all your life, now my daughter has felt it and occasionally gotten experiences, but she's pushed them away. Um, and my mother did the same thing. So my mother used to say, I turn up the radio when I hear them, when they hear <laughs> the spirits. So, you know, I guess not everybody, you know, everybody might be have some level of sensitivity, or even if you do, you have a choice of free will, right? Do you accept it or do you not accept it? Right. You know, it's funny, uh, the other day, uh, the, five, Channel 5 has the news, and then right afterwards they have... Uh, uh, so you want to be a millionaire. So if we, I think we had company at the time. I think uh, Ron and Beth were here. But anyways, there was a guy that came on, and I thought of you because his mother was a medium. And he said when he was young, he used to go out and he'd do things and he'd get home, and his mother would give him that look, and he would know that she knew. <laughs> that, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that he did something he shouldn't have? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he said, my poor kids. Um they they kind of laugh to this day, you know. Now they laugh. They didn't laugh then, mm-hmm. um, but I used to do the same thing, and it and it's true. I mean, I used to, and you know, I'm sorry. As a parent, you're going to use every tool you have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with my kids, when they were very small, I'll never forget my son coming home, and he had this little ty beanie baby. Remember those? Oh yeah. And so he had one. He loved this thing, right? So he was about seven or eight years old. So he brings it to school. And he comes home, and it has, a, like, a leash around its neck. And so I looked at him, like, oh, so where did you get the leash? And he's like, oh, I found it on the ground. And I'm like, oh, can I hold it for a second? So I picked up the T.Y. Beanie Baby, and all of a sudden I saw this cute little, like, Asian girl standing next to him, long dark hair, these big brown eyes. And she was like, you know, they would, like, flirt with each other. And I'm like, oh, that's so wonderful. So I was like, oh, this little girl gave you this, and she's so beautiful. Oh, I'll have to meet her when I go to school. That poor kid. (laughs) I mean, he looked at me. He was just. He started screaming. He grabbed the T.Y. Beanie Baby out of my hand. It's not fair. And he went running down the hall. <laughs> um, but it's, you know what? It, I used to do that thing with them. I'd say, could you hold my hands? You know, so, uh, you know what? I got to tell you, though, it's psychology, too. If you do that with your kids and they see that you, it's torture. It is torture. Thank God they're grown. Um, but I used to say to them, hey, you know what? You know, if you're lying, I'll know. So hold my hand. Well, what would they do if they're lying? Yeah. They'd run away from you, right? So they're, like, running away from me and won't touch my hands. And I'm thinking, okay, well, right there I know you're lying. So <laughs> you don't have to be a psychic to know that. <laughs> so, this is true. 
It's true. So, I mean, after a while, I mean, even when my daughter was in college, she came out of college with a poor kid, and she was distraught. She kept saying to me, oh, there was something that bothered her. And, or she was, I don't know, second year in college. Anyway, she comes home for something. She went to her friends, and she had lied to me about something. So she says, Mom, I need to talk to you. I was like, what? She's like, hold my hands. I'm like, oh, my God, Sabrina. Oops, I said her name. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the oh, well. poor kid. Um, but, but, yeah, so there's, yeah, you know, you use what you can. I mean, like you say, what you used to call me, I was never fond of it, but it's true. A tool in the toolbox, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking about tools in a toolbox is, uh, you know, a lot of people have been contacting me lately wanting to find out about Ghost Chronicles 2. Yeah. And uh, are we writing it? And do you know when it's coming out? And, and uh, so why don't you feel that? Well, we're in the preliminary stages. Where yeah, so we've... we've <laughs> We are working on it, um, and we're kind of in the preliminary stages where it'll take, it's going to take a good year, year and a half before it would even come out anyway. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, it, yeah maybe, uh, maybe October next year, it's a possibility. Well, no, I don't think so. I really I don't, don't think, think so. You're, I don't you're think absolutely so. right. You're absolutely right. Right. Unless we self-publish or something, but I doubt that. Um, Correct. So it, it, the, the thing is, it, it, the other book continues, uh, the new book would continue from the last one, more of our adventures together. And God, we've had a lot of adventures together. We have. We have. We've had uh, a lot of interesting things happen. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, you know, people do, they ask me, you know, about the book. And I actually had somebody come over here uh, the other night for business to do some work on the house. And we just happened to get to talking, and we started talking about the book, and I brought out a copy, and he was all excited, and um, and he was just like, oh, well, when is the next one coming out? So, you know, he he's like brought it home and talked with his wife about it, and he read a couple chapters, and then he had to stop by for something, and he comes to the kitchen, he starts talking about all the book, um, and which was good, and he starts bringing up all these different chapters, so, you know, he was so excited about it, and that's when he started asking, when's the next one coming, when are you going to have it out, so... Um, once again, told him it was kind of in the works, but you know, we'll you know, what's real, really funny is that um, uh, there's a guy I, I meet in the gym, at the gym, uh, and I, I see him in there with you know his acquaintances there, and uh, he went out and bought the book because he he saw me on uh, TV and drank it, and uh, oh, did he? Yeah, so uh, he bought the book and he started reading it, and he asked me the question. He says. Don't you ever get scared of Maureen? <laughs> and that, oh. that's funny. You know, originally when I first started this, people say, well, don't you ever get scared? And now it's, don't you ever get scared of Maureen? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no. Well, ask my husband that. Actually, that was one of the questions. I don't know if you recall, but when we had one of the book signings, mm-hmm. um, there was somebody in the audience that had said, well, I want to ask the husband something. Um, and so they asked. Steve, the question, well, here I am giving names, um, but they asked him the question, <laughs> I, I am, uh, they asked him the question of, you know, do you get scared or, you know, whatever, how do you feel about this? And he just kind of, you know, I think he gave it a good answer and basically he responded by saying, well, you know, I, I don't know what's out there. I know there's something. I don't look for it. You know, he makes me nervous. And then he basically said, and keep in mind, I have to sleep with her. So... 
he tends to, uh, you know, it's always an experience. Let's let's just, sit, you know, I won't leave it at that because actually something happened a couple nights ago. Um, oh, really? Yeah, something really, <laughs> a little creepy, even for me. Um, another chapter for the book. <laughs> another chapter, yeah. Well, I have a, one of my foster sisters had passed away several, well, more than several years ago. I don't remember, know if you remember her, but anyway, one of them had passed about seven years. And I haven't seen her. I haven't, you know, I've seen her once in a dream, and that was about it. Um, and then the other night, for some reason, I had this really creepy dream, and I turned into kind of a nightmare, but it seemed one of those dreams, you know, that's too real to say it's a dream. And what happened was, she was sitting by the side of my bed, right at the head of my bed, and she was pulling a sheet over my face. Oh. And I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's creepy for me. And I kept seeing somebody walking in the dark next to her in my bedroom, like walking by like a, a shadow. And I kept saying it. And you know when you try to speak and you're so terrified that the words won't come out, you're really just mumbling? Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing when when my husband woke me up, like he was rubbing my arm, wake up, wake up. And it felt like it was forever, but I kept trying to tell her to stop, stop doing that. I'm not dead. And she kept pulling the sheet up over my face. Huh. Yeah. So by the way, if something happens to me, <laughs> you'll know why, you know, well, she came to that's, get me. that's the interesting thing too, is, is, uh, hopefully I will know because, uh, we have a little code, uh, do. Do, you still, do you still remember it? I do. Okay. So we have a little code. So if, if either one of us passes before each other, um, we are going to attempt to communicate with each other, right? Exactly. Is that the gist of it? It is. That is the gist. But we can't give away the code because then it'll be for naught. So. That's right. So, no. yep, it'll be a... <laughs> it's a secret code. It's like secret our... Secret code. Anyways, uh, that's an interesting uh, thing. But uh, John from the chat room asked, he said, uh, Hey, Ron, in the new book, are you going to do different location or follow from your last adventure? And I think it's both, right? It's actually a blend. Um, from ones we've, we've gone repetitively to and we've gone back and we've, we've done more investigations, we've gotten maybe more information from or more resolution. Um, those are the ones we're going to put in the book uh, right. that are going to be kind of continuations from the one previously, but then there's going to be new ones in there. Yeah, new adventures. I mean, right. uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> definitely new adventures. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I, I mentioned, we, there are so many locations that you and I have done together, and, and some of them are, you know, really interesting results. Everything from, like, you know, that uh, the, uh, the one we won the Emmy, uh, New London Ledge Lighthouse, yeah, uh, yeah. To uh, you know, really creepy outdoor places, Pakwajis. Out, yeah, Pakwajis and uh, other places as well. A lot kind of cool places. Some some good stuff, though. Uh, it's it's a good blend. Um, yeah, I it you know I think what's interesting is when we sat down to to figure it out, we just then I think realized how many locations that were really good investigations that we've gone to. Right. Yeah, that was the you thing. Know. started making up the list, and it just kept growing on and on and on and on <laughs> yeah. and on. I mean, there could be another book, so there could be another two books. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing, too, it was difficult to make the decisions and on which ones to put in this one. And uh, so, 
that was difficult. And, and of course, uh, some of these are uh, quite a few years back. So we, we luckily, we have lots of uh, documentation. So we, uh, we go through it and, and remember it and go through it oh, again. Oh, that's yeah. painful, by the way. <laughs> and why is that, Maureen? Why is that? Um, it's painful because I don't like viewing myself or hearing myself channel the spirit. Mm-hmm. I don't like seeing myself channel because I don't, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. It's almost like when you do something, I I don't want to say ashamed, but you have something that's like a private part of yourself that is going on. And then to see it later and view it, it just feels like, I don't know, it's, it's like bearing your soul to the world and everybody's looking at you. And it's, that side of yourself. And I guess in my brain, if I don't look at it, it never existed. You know, and, and you know like that's, the, that's the interesting thing about it, because, you know, when I when I tell people about you or, or we talk about her or they see see something, they always think like, oh, oh she's just for the publicity and everything else. Well, you know, it's clearly evident they don't know you because if you had you, you wouldn't have any publicity. Exactly. Uh, you know, you can't stand looking at yourself uh, trans-channeled and uh, expose the world to it. But uh, so, uh, I mean, you know, that's that's one of the raps that they always say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, these, especially not just you, but mediums in general. They're just in it for the publicity and blah, blah, blah. And in yeah. all the years, uh, you know, I've known you, you know, I, I have no doubt about what you do is real, so. Well, thank you. I have to say, I know that there are people out there, and it's, and I don't blame them. If you, if you really believed in something that someone was doing, then, and it, you're not a believer in that anyway, you know, mm-hmm. say for channeling or mediumship, then to open yourself up to the possibilities and actually acknowledge that, it's, that it can be real um, would have to change their whole perception on their belief system. So I get that, you know. But I will tell anybody listening to me right now, this is the God's honest truth. I would not put on a show for anybody. I am not acting. Right. Um, As you always complain, I'm not a trained monkey. But we have to take a break right now, speaking of monkeys. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with my original co-host, Maureen Wood. And we'll be right back uh, here on Pararex, uh, TojiNet, uh, Ghost Channel, and wherever else. Maybe the Ghost Box. Who knows? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome to Talkinet, radio with a cutting edge. 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Well, this is the part where you bring us back. Oh, hello. Come, welcome back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> you forgot that, huh? Well, I was texting. I'm sorry. Texting? <laughs> yeah. Somebody you know was texting me. You know what's funny, Maureen? What? Is, is that there was no texting when we first started the show. Oh, my God. You're right. Isn't that, that weird? Is, that's scary. Thanks for reminding I, me how old I am. <laughs> no, it's it's just amazing how long the show has been around. It's just, uh, it's uh, you know, no texting. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and it's for a good reason. I, I sit here and I always say, you know, I don't know how it must be in school with kids and the phones and whatever. And you ask, you know, they they can't have them. Well, a lot of people have their kids walking to school and they want them to have a phone, so mm-hmm. for safety. But whatever, we'll skip that. Yeah, so you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation right here on Tojanet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Uh, this past weekend, uh, I did an investigation with the team at uh, an old mill, uh, well, 270,000 square feet. Uh, oh, my God. Yep, no electricity uh, in the, the no, main house. No, either, right? Well, we, we, what we did is we took a, a small room and we set up the base camp and we had a couple of propane burners going uh, and it, it kept it uh, somewhat warm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Okay. And, and in some uh, way that size, you can, you can only get so warm, you know. Exactly. And uh, John says, what about cell phones? No, we didn't have cell phones in it either. Oh. Not when we first started out, remember? Yep, that was, well, 14 years ago, maybe? Was it? I have no clue. 13, 14, maybe longer years ago, yeah. So anyways, we did this investigation at at the mill, and uh, there was a a lot of deaths associated with the mill. A lot of people died there. But uh, we had some unique experiences, and and one of, you know, uh, the owner and his wife were there with us, and uh, they went on an investigations with us. But the funny thing about it is, you know, a couple of times uh, we drove her to tears. Uh, she uh, she actually started crying, and another time she was uh, quite scared. But no matter what happened, the uh, the husband would absolutely deny it. it you know, really? there was this huge bang that happened right in front of him. And he said, oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> it's like you know, just to give you an idea of you know it was like total. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I saw anything. I'm not gonna say I heard anything. I am not gonna say I believe in anything. 
Well, you know, it makes me wonder, all right, is it possible that they physically aren't hearing it or psychically aren't hearing it? Do you know what I'm saying? Just like so that, when... Does that mean that we're psychically hearing it and not physically I don't know. It? Possibly. Think about That's when a- you guys had that investigation where you had that guy and it was the voice was so clear that you heard it on the recorder, but you heard it and your ears heard it too. Right, but that's clear audience, right? Clear audience, but yeah. what I'm saying is, who knows, whatever whatever type of, I mean, the only thing I'm trying to, to relate it to is when you have a bunch of, uh, let's say, several mediums that go and investigate, right? And not saying that everybody's picking up somebody, or if they are picking up someone, they may pick up someone different. Right. So all I'm saying is, it's possible that if you do, you know, not everything you hear could be physical. Like, well, that's, could be a, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, and if any, anybody has possible. any questions, questions, by the way, they can uh, certainly join us in the Toji Net or the Pararex chat room and uh, pose your questions there. Or you can call 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869 if you uh, have a question, or you just want to say hello, you can call in as well. So there you go. Anyways, um, yeah, that's a that's a good idea. I mean, good thought. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, what is, so a group, uh, hmm, interesting. I'm just I'm posing the question only because it's possible the wife's sensitive, and then I we know that you guys have been, you call yourself psychically dumb, but you're picking up things, right? Dumb yeah, psychic. unfortunately. You're, but no, but you're, you are. The more I think you do it, the more intention you have, the more sensitive you become, the more your mind starts putting together the pieces of the puzzle that say this is possible. So I think what happens is for those people who refuse that this even exists, they might just shut themselves off completely anyway. You know, no, so they may never hear anything. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean... Who knows? Yep. I mean, Josh Mantello was with us, and he, he, he sent this uh, a photograph, and uh, we're trying to analyze it because he, he got something. What, what it is, we're not sure. Um, but there was a lot of different things that happened that night. There were a lot of dark, dark shadows, uh, not, you know, ones that you could see through, but solid dark shadows and uh, right. uh, that I saw. One of them just passed right between Leslie and myself and went out the door between us. So... Um, the other thing is the uh, I saw others that were like in the windows, but not with just glass windows without glass as well. So I thought there were actually people there, but there, there weren't. Uh, so it, there was some interesting things happening on, and, and we're not even going to get into the psychic stuff uh, that occurred as well. So um, it, it was certainly a, an interesting investigation, but it was so cold. So I think it really did hamper your investigation because, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? What does does personal discomfort hamper you connecting with the spirit? I think it can. I mean, depending on who you are, you'd kind of it would make it very difficult not to be hampered by it, only because you know. A lot of times, communicating with spirits is allowing your uh, your subconscious mind or that other part of yourself to open up. If your conscious mind is focusing on how cold it is and your body temperature is dropping and you're uncomfortable, it just makes it that much more difficult, I think, to be able to get into that place. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, it's not that you can't do it. It's And if you're able to zone out of it, you know, but, you know, even then, how long can you sustain it? That's the thing. Right. And, and would you, what I'm, what I'm thinking is even maybe if you had physical discomfort, like, like the coal, is that you would actually miss things because you're distracted by um, your discomfort. Right. You know, your focus and your, your conscious mind is more wrapped up in your, everything that's going on, which to me is another reason why, like, you, you can get spirit communication, for instance, during the daytime, right? Right, I've absolutely. had it. I've had spirits show up. I've had, everybody thinks it only happens at night during certain times. That's not true. Right. Um, but the truth of the matter is you're, you, as a person, are more open at night because it's quieter. You're not as chaotic in your mind. You're not thinking of so much going on, usually. You know, until you go to bed, you start thinking of the next day. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, as a whole, everything's quieter. And I think that's what lends someone to be more open or at least, you know, when they go to sleep, for instance, they're in that alpha stage. Um, your body's in a more of a quiet space where you're allowing a spirit communication to come in more so than not. Right. And and that was one of the questions that the owners of the mill asked, too, was, was regarding why you do it in the dock. And, uh, and I said that this, it's not really necessary to do it in the dock. Uh, it's primarily from the TV shows, but, uh, you know, uh, parapsychologists like uh, Lloyd Arbrack and uh, and uh, Stephen Parsons, uh, when they investigate, they investigate with all the lights on uh, because they, they don't think it hampers one way or the other. In fact, most of the spirits are seen in light and not in the dock. When people see ghosts and stuff, they're, they're usually seen in the light, in the daytime right. even. And but then Josh brought up a good point. If if spirits emit any type of light, they would be uh, more. Uh, it would be more advantageous to do it in the dark. That's if. If right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know that when I've had contact and I've had contact with spirits during the daytime, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it might be a quick glimpse. It might be you know more so impressions, feelings, uh, voice of someone talking or the, you know, clear cognizant, in other words, where the, right. the thoughts just pop in your head and you, you don't know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet you can feel that energy, so I know it's coming from outside myself. Um, you know, it's, it's someone putting those thoughts in. So I've had that type of communication, and I've had it a lot during the day. Um, I will say personally, if it's darker, it makes it easier for me to get into that space sometimes than it is during the day. So, so is so, it a psych- psychological thing for you? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily psychological. It's just kind of like, you know, when you go to sleep at night and you get into that alpha state, what do you do? You have the lights off, you're quiet. It's more mm-hmm. of like a meditative place. Um, so for me, I've gotten into a habit, let's say, that when I communicate, I'll go where it's more quiet sometimes, you know, or if I'm doing it at home. I'll go somewhere it's a little darker or whatever. I mean, I've done it in the day. I've just had conversations. When the spirit's not going to be let go, like in other words, or they're not going to be denied, it doesn't right. matter what time of day or night um, yeah. that they're going to come through, they're going to come through. And Nate from the Tojinet chat room says, uh, any time you can see spirits, any time, even when you're in the bathroom? You know, I would hope there's a comic law for most of them, but I have, <laughs> I, I say that, and I, I kind of think some of them don't know that, you know, like they didn't have that, that filter when they were alive, so they wouldn't <laughs> think anything about coming in when you're, they're gone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually remember doing a uh, reading for someone at my house, and they came to my house, and the spirit was there, and I thought he'd left. Um, and then, you know, their loved one was there, and then they took off, and the reading was done, but the spirit decided he wasn't done, and I decided I'd had such a migraine by that point, I was going to take a hot bath. So I was in the bathtub, and I swear it was like having somebody right next to me staring at me, and he was yelling at me the whole time. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, well, that's what I said. I'm like, seriously, you know, it's done. The reading's over. It's time for you to leave. Take a hike. You know, yep. Take a hike. You know, try to be nice, but now you got to go. You know, that's not your choice. It's mine. Um, well, so it does happen. And we know uh, when we did the investigation in Dracut in the house, uh, in Dracut, uh, not far from me, actually, and... Um, it uh, the mother used to take baths, and the, the children would see the spirit spying on her in, in the bathtub. Right. Do you remember that one? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. If somebody didn't have those filters, or they were kind of more lascivious when they were alive, <coughs> and and they haven't done, let's say they're still kind of grounded. To me, mm-hmm. I think the spirits are more it's like a level, right? That you have the the closer you are to Earth, and the longer you stay around here, the heavier your energy is. So because we're very. It's, I hate to say we're dense, but the energy level is extremely dense. Um, mm-hmm. So when you have spirits that, to me, have gone up these levels, you know, you want them to call them more angelic or, you know, they're more uh, guardians or however you want to look at it, I don't think they can hang around as long. I think they can come, they do short visits and glimpses, and they might check in, and they'll try to do what they can. But I don't think they can stay around for a long period of time. Um, I do, and that's just from past experience, but I do think that there are those spirits that, you know, somebody was a kind of a pain in the rear end when they were alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that because they died, they sprouted wings, you know. I think that they still have their personality with them. Like they still have their attitudes there. Hey, if they were going to peek on, and what perfect way to peek in, hey, I'm dead now, nobody will see me looking, um, yeah. sneak in and looking at someone in the shower. Well, that's what I I always said, you know, and uh, the people said, uh, you know, when you die, why would you haunt like a cemetery? I said, oh, me, I would haunt the Playboy Mansion, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I believe that, too. (laughs) (laughs) But the the interesting thing about that is that maybe if this new show uh, takes thing where they have nude ghost hunters, they might attract all those pervy uh, spirits. Yeah. They just might. <laughs> that would they be might. Wouldn't it? <laughs> they, yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, for those people, I mean, I have had uh, some friends that have tried starting, for instance, capturing EVPs. You know, they've had a loss in their family, and they're reaching for something. So they decide they watch these shows, and they decide they're going to buy themselves a tape recorder, and they're going to start taping in the middle of the night and see what they pick up, okay? Um, so they started doing this, and they found out that they don't want to ever tape anymore. Really? Um, yeah, because I think, you know, again, your, you, your first tapings, and this is what I've heard from some people who have been doing it from gym and everything, you might, when you first start doing it, you may get energy that's closer to this earth. So it's darker, it's heavier, it's more, you know, vulgar, if you want to say. But they ended up picking up these voices and swearing and fighting and these sounds in the background, and it scared them. So they didn't want to do it anymore. Um, 
because <clears throat> they thought they were calling him, and I said, ah, you know, you might be picking up walkthroughs. You know, hey, they're trying to capture, because, you know, he puts out a statement, I want to see if I can pick up so-and-so. Um, and he wasn't getting them, well, there's the son. I, it may eventually, but I don't think at first you're going to. It's not like you put out a calling card or a phone, and that's what you're going to get. You know? Right. There's no guarantees. Uh, that's true. And uh, we have another question. This is from John in the chat room. He says, I got a question for Maureen. How old was she when she started to be a medium? Or was she just like Whoopi Goldberg uh, from <laughs> Ghost and, and didn't know you you uh, was a medium, a real medium? Um, this I would see spirits since I was very young when I was a child. In fact, I never thought it was anything different. So I would guess it kind of fit into that. I had no clue when I was a kid. I thought it was normal. Uh, I used to see spirits sitting at the end of my bed all the time. I used to try to put, you know, stuff the animals around me because I think it would protect me um, from these spirits showing up. And it just got to a point when I got a certain age that I realized when I started talking about the spirits to everybody and they started looking at me like I had three heads, um, that not everybody could see them. But my mother did know. My mother actually, you know, told my father I wasn't crazy and <laughs> stood up for me. I have to always in my life thank her for that. And she gave me holy water. That was her thing. She said, this will protect you. Your grandmother did the same thing and her grandmother did the same. And I, you know, she didn't get into too much in her, but I can feel things. She says, but I, you're not crazy. You're normal. And that's what she used to say all the time. But she gave me the holy water. Mm-hmm. So. so when you first started doing this and, and realizing you could communicate with spirits, um, were you scared? Many times I was. I think, you know, I often wonder why uh, when I got to a certain age, everything went haywire and it was as if a light went on even brighter. And when I was like a hormonal stage, when I was like 13, 12, 13 and it got really bad. I mean, it got kind of scary in my house. And I live in a, across the street from a cemetery. I grew up across the street from the cemetery. Um, I very large, 13-room house, uh, you know, 200 years old. So it was, you know, really active. And it was not, wasn't a good situation. Um, I would have moments where I was very nervous. You know, I had curtains wrap around my throat that had the rubber backing for the windows i used to i'd wake up the bed was vibrating and moving across the room at two in the morning and the curtains would be wrapped around my face and around my throat um yeah i mean the gas jets on our stove would get turned on the you know the door would be you know doors would be opened and just things would constantly happen in the house i had plates come out of the cabinet break on the countertop and just dance literally pop off the countertop for about 20 minutes um it was just very surreal but i think for me it was ways for me to to learn um because if i didn't go through that i don't think you know someone said to me one time well there's only good spirits out there yeah. and i think you know who i'm talking about right yeah. um and and the thing was is that's great, but I often wonder if there's a reason for those of us to those, see all the different ranges of spirits or that are what's out there, because if you don't experience it, then you'll never know how to to cope with them. Right. I always heard a thing, and and it always stuck with me is God only gives you what you can handle. 
Yeah, you know, I, I heard that myself many years ago. I think uh, my mother told me that. But, you know, there were times where I finally said, you know, please, <laughs> enough. Um, I know, I know. And sometimes you believe you don't, you can't handle it, but it, it, surprisingly, you managed to pull through so many times. It's uh, it's interesting, anyways. But um, you so um, you you've been doing this. So um, do you find that? And this is a kind of an interesting question. Do you find that, like from the beginning to where you are now, that you're more proficient at speaking with the dead and, and the dead uh, are more uh, proficient in, in contacting you? You know, I don't know if it's more proficient. I think everything we do in life, no matter what it is, is a learning experience. I think anybody who thinks they know, is a, they know it all, rather, is kidding themselves. Um, and I've been learning ever since I've been a kid. And I've experienced so many different things. I'm very grateful um, for the experiences I've had, and but I go through life, and you know, I sometimes it just never amazes me what can actually happen. I mean, I, I'm not going to give names, but I did a reading for someone, and this poor girl had committed suicide. But before I did the reading, I got a phone call, and I told you this. I had a woman call me, say she wants to set up a reading, um, and I asked her not to give me information. Please don't tell me. And I, you know, that's great. We set up a date for a week later, and I hang up the phone. I go sit in the living room with my husband. And as I'm sitting there, this energy just pops in and will not be denied. I mean, they would just really show me images and pictures and just going through the whole thing. And I didn't know the person who passed, but yet I felt compelled. I had to call this woman, tell her to come the next night because this, this girl was not going to leave me alone. Uh, and it was, and you know, it really bothered me. I mean, I was crying. I had my legs wrapped up, you know, near my neck. I was holding on and my, with my arms around, like hugging myself because it was like, oh my gosh, you know, and my, my husband's looking at me like, oh, you know, you're crazy. And he just says, what are you doing? And I explained to him what's going on. He goes, you're going to call that woman and tell her what? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to tell her what I'm just experiencing here because the spirit would not have it any other way. So, you know, is it more proficient? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It depends on the person, depends on the spirit, depends on the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I guess, yes, in some ways. In other ways, um, I'm good enough, I guess. I don't want to go further. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. And and I learned, you know, so much about the, the, the you know, mediumship and communicating uh, with you and and you know the, the way we met was so you know so happy chance so uh, you know I, I think that you, you know you came into my life to teach me those things and and I, I you've taught me a lot and uh, I think that was important that was some place I had to go for what I do. Well, thank you. And you know what, Ron? You you know when we first started, it's it's interesting. We all learn from everybody and. And I remember you asking me when we first started working together, and I'd have the pendulum out, you know, and (laughs) it's helpful visual, and names be popping in, and you'd look at me like, okay, where did you get the name? Because you can't get a name from a pendulum. Um, And then I started really kind of explaining. That's when we really, we had this adventure, right, like all these things. And I have to say that, you know, I've had many people say, what do you mean Ron has your back? And it's like we grew together as a team so much and worked together so much that it was as if you could read me very easily. You knew when I was going into channels. You knew when I was, you know, 
after a while you understood you had to let me alone and don't let people come near me and you know so i always knew you had my back and that's one thing is we got to understood how to work together very well yeah i, I think that was important and that's probably why i was came into your life is the same reason you know for us to to learn and uh but it's certainly a an interesting uh, journey and you know from the very beginning where as I always said I was psychic as a brick of course it, it seems like it it's much more open now you know I'm, I'm much more you know I, I call myself a dumb psychic sometimes you you know that but uh, unfortunately I mean I, I see that the the spirits you know how a medium must I don't understand how they can deal with it because they seem to be very uh, demanding, you know, they, they want to be heard. They want they want to be their story told or whatever. They seem very very demanding. So I give uh, you and, and other mediums a lot of kudos for being able to handle all that. Well, I think what happens is there's there's so many different aspects of it, right, that come into play. So it's not just it's it could be the spirit, you know, what they've gone through, the chaos, the like the trauma. So there's all that energy that's still there, and it's just the vibration of it is so scattered sometimes, you know, and they're panicking almost, and that doesn't go away. I mean, when they took their life, that was still what happened for this individual after. They would, they had to almost let it go as a way to, to me, I always put it as you release it, right? If you let something go, it enables, enables a person to let go of their anger. So if I'm channeling it, I'm allowing them to let go of their angst, their, their anger, their fear, and that way, that hopefully alleviates them a little bit, their pain, and lets them lighten up a little bit. And that's, to me, you're helping both the living and the dead. Yeah. Well, that was the pizza bell, which means pizza from the dead. I mean, the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead. Is, yeah. <laughs> so we've got to wrap it up. But, uh, you, you know, it's 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 an amazing journey that I've had with you. And, and I've uh, we've certainly, you know, never got a uh, – we've had our ups and downs. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Everybody has, but, though. But but it's always been a, a good journey, and i certainly uh, learned an awful lot from you, and uh, I thank you for that. But um, well, thank you. The other the other thing is is I wanted to. Uh, are you still doing readings or anything? I am. I'm, I am still doing readings. Um, I've been doing readings well for a very long time, and I don't really advertise per se. If somebody mm-hmm. calls, it's usually word of mouth. Um, but yeah. So if anybody hears anything, you can always go through your site and give me a call. There you go. So anything else you'd like to add? Uh, Nope. But, you know, I don't think our journeys together, working together, hopefully they're still in the future. We have some things left to accomplish, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Writing the book and doing a lot, having a lot more investigations. Mm -hmm. And teaching, too. And teaching, yes. Yeah, because that's that's one of the reasons I think we are here is is to teach other people along this journey. One thing, a quick quick thought is, and I can't understand it, is why do mediums uh, dump on each other so much? Uh, they're supposed to be light workers. I mean, I, I don't understand yeah, that. I don't understand it either. But you know what? I have to say that it's just like anything else. Um, unfortunately. It tends to be where people let their egos get in the way. Um, okay. And the problem is if you let your ego get in the way, then I think that that interferes with communication to the other side. So I think it's a so double-edged I, sword. 
I hear the music. That means we got to go. So, anyways, Barney, thank you so much for uh, joining me again, and it was great speaking with you. And tune in next week uh, for the live uh, video presentation of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Roxy Zwicker. Good night. God bless. Good night. God bless. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.